You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Radiant Culture. This is season two, people. Season two. So we are season two, episode one. We did a hundred episodes. In season one, imagine. How crazy is that? Imagine. We weren't even told their seasons, but we found out at the end of one episode <laughs> that that season is over and a new one has begun. We're excited. Yeah. I am T Mac. And I'm this Cookie Monster. And this is Radiant Culture, y'all. Yeah. And we have, as usual, one of our mainstay guests in the building. Pastor Greg, how are you doing? Hello, everybody. I'm excited that the new season, 100 episodes, 100 casts. That's amazing. I'll take it. <laughs> no, you're the worship. <laughs> I'll stay in my lane of being a congregant. But yeah, no, this is exciting. So, speaking of seasons, actually, people who follow things like Game of Thrones, although we talked about this, I should even cite the episode where we dissuaded people from watching that show. You attempted to dissuade <laughs> attempted. people. Attempted. If you do watch Game of Thrones, it's come to an end, whatever. Winter came and went and people were like getting into depression over how Game of Thrones was. And Christians and non-Christians alike. And it just, amongst other things that are also happening, just led us to question like, oh yeah, and Champions League. Yay, Liverpool fans. If you're Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of these things have happened around the same time. And it's led us to question Kutichi. Fanaticism. Yeah. Is this something that Christians should be partaking in? Like, should you become so wrapped up in something that it affects your mood? It affects whether you can eat or you can sleep or, you know, all these these things that we follow that we think we're just following because they're cool. But it actually has an effect on us when yeah. they go wrong or it's not what we expect. Or if your phone can't download the latest episode and you're like, bruh, I don't know, like you, you walk to the house down the road just to get Wi-Fi just to watch the show mm-hmm. like is that is that okay yeah and I think another another important question is uh, where where do you draw the line between fanaticism and idolatry mm. right and you know when do our passions I guess what, what, what do you call that the, our obsessions become dangerous you know where we're so uh, committed to something you, you want to watch the Premier League, you want to watch your favorite series or whatever it is, right? And no matter what, if Zessa goes, you make a plan that the generator has as diesel, or you you <laughs> go to whatever extent to make sure you that you watch be behind, it. Because you actually fast from the internet because you're like, no, I can't see spoilers. I can't. <laughs> like, if, if I just go on Twitter now, ah, oh, man, it'll ruin everything. And you uh, actually like seclude yourself exactly. just so that your experience when you finally watch it is, you know what it should be exactly and yeah so then what we want to be discussing today is when does that start bordering on idolatry and we know what the bible says about idolatry and um as a christian especially as a christian um where where do you need to to start checking yourself right uh because you know we we are meant to be committed to god to the things of god are we applying the same kind of commitment to god if if zeza goes are you gonna make a plan to make sure that you've you're reading your bible that day or is it like ah well no zeza today you know mm-hmm. I, you know what i'm saying so that that's um the basic gist of our discussion today so pc is in the building and, and we're going to be talking about this so let's take it away mm. 
Yes. So that definition or difference between fanaticism and idolatry. How can you really draw the line? Because a lot of, th- of us are very enthusiastic about things and there's nothing wrong with that. You should live life passionately and be interested in what you're interested in and, you know, put energy into things. But where do we draw the line between being a fanatic and being idolatrous? You guys have very interesting questions to, to get us going. <laughs> Where do you draw the line? I almost want to go to the dictionary, um, you know, to look at what uh, fanaticism is or what, um, and then obviously compare it with what we're used to talking about uh, with regards to idolatry. Let's assume being a fan is to be a follower or a person who takes an interest mm, in something. I would then probably say, uh, when we talk about fanaticism, that's um, an interest that's uh, on, say, a totally high or an extremely high level, uh, uh, that's not obviously normal with uh, everybody else, <laughs> that kind of thing. Let's uh, switch back onto um, the um, Bible or the Christian platform and look at issues of idolatry. Um, when we talk about idolatry, we're basically talking about anything that takes the place of God in your life. So if there's something in your life that's taking or replacing the part or the place of God, then that thing is an idol. Now, guess what? Idols can come small mm-hmm. or they can come big. I know when we're talking about the things that we like uh, in terms of or the things we follow, whether it's, um, it's television or it's sports or entertainment, whatever it is, I know we can come up with measures. Mm-hmm. But what I actually believe can be a starting point is whatever level it's at, if it's taking God's place in your life, it's already unhealthy. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Maybe let's qualify that a bit further. Uh, what does it mean for something to take the place of God in one's life? Thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. When, when something is an idol, okay, mm-hmm. when something is an idol. And, and let me be quick to say, unfortunately in life, um, there are things that um, we tend to normally call idols. Then there are other subtle things we never think about that can quite easily be idols. Sometimes that people never even consider. Right. And so uh, I think the actual aspect of idolatry is a huge subject. But uh, when you look at um, whatever it is that takes the place of God, for me, I I come back to one word, love. Mm -hmm. Love. The things that you love can quite easily right become god to you mm-hmm. and let me let me give you a biblical example i was just reading it uh, before we started today it's in the book of um it's in the book of first kings first kings it says and king, it's first kings chapter 11 i think let me just open my bible right sure. here right mm-hmm. first kings chapter 11 listen to this Uh, Verse 1, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. So he had a wife, then he loves many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, (laughs) Edomites, Sidonians, Hittites. There must have been some electric lights in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) But watch this, watch this. If you go down, verse 4, it says, as Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart to other gods. Mm. 
and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of his father David had been. So Solomon is in love with women. The way he loves these women basically takes his heart away from God. So we're saying an idol is something that takes um your 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 that takes the place of God. How do you know something is taking the place of God? You love it. Okay, let's measure love. How do you know that you love something? Number one, I've got a number of um I've got a number of examples here. The things that we love. The things we love we're emotive about. Mm-hmm. The things we love we're emotive about or the things that we love generally they catch our emotions. Right. Human beings by nature are emotional beings, right? So our emotions, our excitement, mm-hmm. right? Our indifference, our sadness, our wanting to cry and so forth and so forth. Right. The things we love, they connect with us on an emotional uh, level, right? The things that we love, we talk about. Mm-hmm. The things we love, we talk about. In fact, uh, we, some of us, it's just like we're like a switch, you know. Even with a random stranger, if a person just mentions something, Liverpool, <laughs> you see, uh, for, for a person who doesn't even know anyone in a room, mm-hmm. you know, they can even begin to strike up a conversation. Right. Beer, right? right? Uh, whatever else. You see, the things we love, we talk about. The things we love, we spend time doing. Mm-hmm. Right. The things we love, we spend our money. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the things we love, just to sum all these things up, we can make a sacrifice for. Mm-hmm. Now, watch this. Now, when we have this love for certain things over the love we're supposed to have for God, mm-hmm. then we have actually put an idol in the room. Yeah, you see. So, whenever now, whatever love we're supposed to give to God, does that mean you're not supposed to love? Um, and I must be careful how I use the word love here, yeah. right? Uh, does that mean you must not have an appreciation for things? Of course not. But a lot of times what happens is our appreciation for these things tends to rise higher than our appreciation for God. Right. So, for instance, I talked about the things we love, we talk about. If you find out that you talk about, uh, say, your wife mm-hmm. more than you easily talk about God, your wife can quite easily become an idol. Mm-hmm. Wow. If you talk about Jim right more than you talk about the lover of your soul god because remember when it comes to love the first commandment is you shall love who the lord, the lord your god. god the lord your god mm-hmm. so 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 unfortunately now what happens with idolatry is is we begin to love these things more than we love god and it happens subtly sometimes it happens over time sometimes it happens without us realizing, just like Solomon. Mm-hmm. What Solomon did is he never came out with a plan to love foreign gods. Yeah. What happened is Solomon was just captured by foreign women. And in being captured by foreign women, his heart was taken from God. And if you really closely read verse 4, there, it actually says he was not fully committed to God. It doesn't say he forsook God. Yeah. Right. So sometimes it's possible to be a Christian or church going or, you know, be doing this God thing in courts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're not fully doing it because you've got idols on the side. That's the lesson we're seeing here from King Solomon. And that was very bad because the net effect is that the kingdom was divided within, within just the leadership transition that followed him mm-hmm. as a result of, of, of this fallout. Mm. Hey. It's deep. Like Solomon, though. 
<laughs> hey, that homie. <laughs> we're not gonna. <laughs> no, where, where do you know these songs from? <laughs> it's a rap song. It's a popular one. Still the move. Yeah. Anyway, um, but what if it's your job? Like, say you're a sports commentator, and it's your job to know everything about every sport, and you have to stay up to date. And it's not that you don't do your quiet time anymore, or you don't spend time with God, but because it's required of you to study and really know about a certain subject so that you can talk about it how do you then really check yourself pretty okay Apasha, i've gone overboard in terms of the time that i'm dedicating to this and the time that i'm dedicating to God. just measure your commitment mm-hmm. just measure your commitment and everybody without um trying to be a, a judge over anybody without us or anyone else trying to be a judge of anyone somebody must take a step back mm-hmm. right and then examine their hearts to say, okay, all right, this is what I do for a living. In fact, thank you for mentioning a job, and, and not just sports. Uh, we can mention any kind of job. I could yeah. be an architect, mm-hmm. right? I could or be an artist. Owner. I could be a business owner. Mm-hmm. I could be an inventor, mm-hmm. right? But I'm so, um, I'm so encapsulated by these things, mm-hmm. right? More than I would be for God when I need to be um, caught up for God. So a person has to step back and then check their commitment to say, okay, when I see how committed I am for work, I'll give you a simple example. When it comes to work, I can get into the office at 4 Mm a.m. When it comes to God, I always get into the church halfway (laughs) through the teaching or the preaching. Right. You see, so you see, when it comes to, when it comes to work, I'm just using work. I can shift and say children. Mm. When it comes to my, my company, if there's no money, mm. I will find money from somewhere to capitalize operations. I will find it. If it comes to God and I can see a need for, for, for money in the house of God or for the work of God, you know, I'm, I'm a slow. You know, you know, sometimes we're very selective in our, in our approach to these things. Yeah. So a person, I'm, I'm basically saying, has to stop and just gauge Okay, fine. I'm, I can do eight hours straight for work. Can I do eight hours straight for God? Right. Um, why is it that my energy is high? You know, when Liverpool is, is, is on TV, by the way, Pastor Craig is a Liverpool supporter. Yeah, I think we've ticked that <laughs> Yeah. And would like to congratulate them for winning the Champions League. But anyway, <laughs> when, how is it that when, when Liverpool is playing, you know, I'm so caught up in what's happening. I'm, I'm right there. My, my, remember I said we're emotional, right? Mm-hmm. My mental faculties, everything is awake. Yeah. You know, if, you ever, if you've ever seen a person watching sports in real time, mm-hmm. you know, people actually, you know, they move with what's happening on TV, mm-hmm. even though they're not, they're not on the, in the mesh. Because you're there, right? But, but how is it that there is not that same kind of thing? to the things that are eternal, mm. to the things that matter the most. Now, 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 let me use a very loose example to just show you the danger of idolatry here. Imagine a man mm-hmm. who's married to a very good wife who never stops talking about the woman next door. <laughs> you know, when it comes, he's, he's married, he's got a wife, mm-hmm. but there's this lady next door. He knows, he knows, he knows the shoe size. He knows a, a favorite perfume. He knows a daily routine. He knows what she's into. In fact, whenever he gets a moment, he looks forward to talking to the lady next door. Yet he's got his own wife in the house. 
right? Technically, yes, he's not cheating on, on his wife with this one. Mm-hmm. But we could actually say he's cheating even though nothing physical is happening. Mm-hmm. Why? Because his devotion for the lady next door is exceeding that of his wife. Right. And unfortunately, some, some of us are in that place. Mm-hmm. So, so you, how do we know? A person has to stop, stop take a step back. Mm-hmm. Like I said, just check certain things. In terms of my emotions, mm-hmm. you know, and me just giving my soul, you know, right? Because remember, love the Lord with all your heart, your, heart, mm-hmm. your soul, right? Yes. right? Right, 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 right. Am I into it for myself? So a person can actually say, okay, concerning my emotions, my heart, my soul, how well do I expend to God mm-hmm. than to all these other things, right? Gauge yourself. Be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't lie to yourself and then come up with a measure, right? How excitable, because so, these are emotions, right? How excitable do I get when I think about my needing to read the Bible, Yeah. all right, and to watch Game of Thrones? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see, how, how do I anticipate uh, you know, next week there's a new show. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. You know, there's anticipation, right? Uh, do I anticipate Sunday service mm. the way I anticipate the release of a new album or something like that? Right. So when you see that your emotions, for example, so I guess I'm repeating myself, but check your emotions. Yeah. Check your wallet. Check yeah. your wallet. Jesus is a master here. He says, <laughs> you know what? If you want to see a man's heart, Right, don't look into his body, just follow his receipts, mm. his, uh, his, his, his bank balance, his, his, his mastercard account, and so forth. That is so because you because <laughs> follow them. Just, just, just follow the paper trail, yeah, follow yeah, yeah, the yeah. Money. <laughs> because the person's heart, yeah, will always follow. In fact, a person's wallet mm-hmm. will always follow his heart. A person's wallet will always follow his heart. If your, if, if your heart is into something. Your money is going to go in that direction. So, so, so now again, you can stop and and step back and look at your money. Now, in that in that on that level, you don't even need to be honest to yourself. Yeah. You just need to look at receipts. Just look at receipts. Compare receipts. Okay, where's most of my money been going to here? Yeah. Right. You can then tell where your heart really is at. And uh, the same thing about uh, time. Confirm your time. The, the same thing about energy. Mm-hmm. Um, even issues concerning sacrifice. Um, yeah, you, so a person really ought to come back, sit by themselves, and um, and evaluate. Because uh, I think we're the best referee of our own lives. We can really tell whether, hey, this is too much or this isn't too much. Mm. Yeah. This is good, PC. Mm-hmm. This is good. Um, the question I want to ask as a follow-on to what you're saying mm-hmm. is, we're living in an age where, you know, obviously there's a lot of access to content right? mm-hmm. we have a whole lot more content mm-hmm. more than we've ever had before correct um the options are many we've got netflix we've got i mean if you look at the variety of options choices that we have today in terms mm-hmm. of entertainment mm-hmm. you know even if you look at access to things like uh soccer matches and mm-hmm. whatnot whatnot there's just so much mm-hmm. right now as compared so, to yeah <clears throat> exactly so th- the question i want to ask now is as a christian mm-hmm. you want to you obviously want to be relevant, mm-hmm. right, um, in this era that we're living in. You want to mm-hmm. be relevant. You don't want to become like a hermit or something, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to lose God your, in the you, process. Yeah, your, your, your <laughs> devotion to God. Mm-hmm. So I guess now the question is, where, how does one actually 
go about striking that balance to say, you know, I, for example, I'm an enthusiast. I'm a car enthusiast, right? Okay. Like if you look at my, if you look at my YouTube mm. um, timeline, Mm. Right, yeah, you you just because that's the stuff I follow because I enjoy mm. that stuff. I mm-hmm. love Formula One and all that kind of stuff. Okay, but I had to I had to get to, I remember I had to get to a point where I was like, you know what? I used to watch a lot of Ravi Zacharias. I used to follow all these things, mm. but now there's like nothing. I'm I, I've just got YouTube now knows you. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube now knows you it just gives me all those prompts, right? <laughs> I'm just like so I had to I I, I literally had to stop mm-hmm. and 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 revise and mm-hmm. actually look at where mm-hmm. where my time was being invested, mm-hmm. right? So I'm saying that. Um, I love that stuff. I mm. really enjoy it. Mm. Right. So maybe someone could be asking that question to say, are you now saying that, you know, um, as Christians, we, we, we have to put brakes on, on, on all these things and commit to this other stuff. Like mm. where, where's that balance? That maybe balance? In, a, in a practical way. Yeah. I want to answer it on two. I want to answer it on two levels there. I, I want to say yes and no. Even though you're saying, uh, how do we how do we establish a balance? And oh, yes and no to some things you must stay away from. Mm-hmm. No, as in you can't completely stay away from everything. Um, this is what God personally spoke to me concerning or regarding entertainment. One day, as I was meditating about the word, He said, uh, "Life is like um is like is like a dish is like a meal. Our life mm-hmm. is like a dish is like a meal." And entertainment is to our dish what salt would be. Is to our lives what salt would be to a what? To a dish. To a dish. Uh-huh. Right? So you need a measure of salt to, or if you want, you can you can use pepper or whatever seasoning yeah. to make your meal um, nice and uh, the experience of eating better. However, you can never have a meal of salt alone. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Neither can you have a meal that has too much salt, right? You you not only wreck the meal, you endanger your health. Uh-huh. So the unfortunate part is that um, whilst entertainment, we can't be very quick to say um, it's out and out wrong. Uh, unnecessarily high levels of entertainment become idolatry, as we say. That's number one. So, for starters, the person listening to this, it's not necessarily wrong to have some measure of entertainment. It's actually good for the all-round person. Mm-hmm. The Bible actually talks about eat, drink, be merry, right? On that side. So, there must be some level of what? Of entertainment, if you want, or relaxation, mm-hmm. or of hobbies. Mm-hmm. So, we, I know we're talking, we're talking mainly movies, sports, and things like that. Others like hunting. Mm-hmm. Hunting can be an idol. Right. right, going on a trail, right, can be an idol and things like that. Then I want to go to the other side now where I want to challenge some people listening here to say there's some entertainment that's beyond just idolatry but outright sinful. Right. And I'll, I'll go back to the words of J- Jesus here. Um, Jesus says, um, if your eye causes you to sin, mm-hmm. gouge it out. Right, if your hand causes you to sin, if your finger, chop it off, because it is better to enter into heaven without an eye than to go into hell with a full body. Right, right, it's better to enter into heaven maimed mm-hmm. than to into hell with a full body. There's some things out there, right, that is not even as I would want to call it a bordering on this discussion of idolatry as such, but that's outright sin. Mm-hmm. For instance, there's certain content on TV 
there's certain content on our internet there's certain content whether physically mm-hmm. that's 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 gone beyond um like you can't enjoy um, that and exactly for yes. for instance for instance i find it i find it personally and i know some people i know some christians will have issues here i find it awkward for someone to be dancing to a song that disses their god okay i find it very awkward I'll use a human example. Uh-huh. If somebody is walking out there making a rap song dissing my wife and her private parts, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can pop and dance to that and find it entertaining. Right. Or another person is mocking my child, you know, and saying crazy things about Micaiah, my firstborn, who I love so much. I don't know if I can tolerate that. But you find out that there's certain things, that's, there's a lot of things that's flying out in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, that's either mocking God. Some of it is not mocking God. Some of it is actually celebrating wickedness. Mm-hmm. You know what King Solomon says? He says that a, a fool makes a sport of sin. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, there are people who've made sinning and doing wickedness cool. Yeah. For instance, I'll just say it right there. Whether they like me or not, I'll just say it. Drunkenness has become so popular. Mm-hmm. You know that when you hear it out there, <clears throat> entertainment, you know, it, it celebrates drunkenness. Right. Right. So our songs are ours hit. Ours high. This is what we do when we're like this. We're stoned. We're knocked. Yet when you go back to Galatians chapter 5, King Solomon say, not King Solomon, sorry, Paul, uh-huh. he says drunkards, idolaters, actually, mm-hmm. you know, the sexually immoral, they will not inherit the kingdom of, and all this and all those who practice such things will not inherit the, the, the kingdom of God. So the believer who's listening to me has to be very careful about engaging or eating or loving like Solomon now, right? Uh, content, hobbies, habits, activities, you know, that are actually against God. They must actually stand and stop. So, so, so beyond just saying, you know, am I spending too much time in this? Um, is this uh, obsession or is this uh, an unhealthy love? There must also be a question to say, does this please God? Mm. Does what I'm seeing please God? Right? Because if I'm seeing that which is sinful, mm-hmm. in a sense, I'm partaking in that. In any sense, it's going to eventually turn me into the very same thing. So when you ask um, the balances, the first thing a question must ask is this. Is what I'm looking at sinful or not? Yeah. Is it, does it please God? Yeah. Does this show, does this game, does this match, you know, um, glorify God? I think that's the first measure a person must actually first come to. Mm-hmm. Then supposing it, it passes through that sieve, mm-hmm. like you're correctly saying, um, remember salt, you must never have too much of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, once you see yourself being worked out, I told you I support Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I have got a lot of banter me and my friends do about their team and my team. But the truth of the matter is if Liverpool loses a match, it's not... It's, sleep it's, well night, I like sleep well at night. Right. I don't get worked up. Yeah. I don't get worked up. If, 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 if I have to go and evangelize people and Liverpool is playing... There is no way I'm going to say, I'll do this after Liverpool. Oh, let me do this before Liverpool. Yeah. No, no, no. There's not even a question about what comes first there. Just like uh, some of these people we even follow. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? 
some of the people we follow on sports, you find out that in the match, in the day, he's supposed to play a very important match. You can hear that he's not, he's not watching, he's not playing the game because his, his, his wife was about to give birth. Yeah. They even know their priorities as well. So, so when it comes to that, the believer must come to a place where, you know, they have to then um, just say, isn't this too much salt that I'm about to take? You know, and then measure themselves up, uh, uh, on that line. And and I like what you also said when you gave your personal ex- 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 example. You said you got to a moment where you started asking yourself. The truth of the matter is when the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you, you know, that voice is always going to be knocking on you mm-hmm. um, re- regarding the standards you set. And I know I said I'm answering this in two levels. I might just quickly add another one on the Holy Spirit there. That you may you may find out that for you individually, mm-hmm. there's certain acceptable things that we cannot call sin, right? But that may be unacceptable for you. Samson. Samson, everyone else can get a haircut. Not you, Samson. Everybody else can take some wine, mm-hmm. but not you, Samson. So there's some people who by God's calling or even by whatever he's doing, he might say for you, you know, everybody else watches sport, you don't. Everybody else can watch the movie here and there. That's not your standard. So, and that again is by the Holy Spirit now. Yeah. So even though a person must come and learn how not to get over, but some people, as we listen to the voice of the Spirit, you set very specific standards yeah. that are probably even higher than the discussion we're having right now. Wow, that's mm. really good. I'm glad you, mm. you touched on that. Mm. Um, because now we also have that other element of people becoming fanatic about Maybe you can't say about God per se, but maybe about their man of God or about their church. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have that husband who just feels like my wife is always at mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. Like she will bring out the nice plates if the pastor comes to visit. But mm-hmm. for me, it's like, she just doesn't even care. Like, how do you check yourself? I think checking yourself in that area must be even more difficult because you feel like you're doing good things. Like there's nothing wrong with serving, nothing mm-hmm. wrong with praying for eight hours. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with all of like reading your word, like the whole day, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So how do you know that you've become a religious fanatic? You know, you ask a very good question. The reason why is because as a pastor, I'm always warning myself that uh, even we uh, men of God can become so um, interested in the work more than we're interested in the God of the work. Mm-hmm. I'm writing a book called The Five Essentials. Um, a person must know before they serve in a church. Okay. It's, it's basically five steps that if you're going to serve in our church, you have to know these things before, without which you can't serve. And one of the, the third point on that, in, that, in that book is um, be merry before your mother. Mm-hmm. Be merry before your mother. If you remember the Mary Martha story, yeah. you've got Jesus ministering. You've got Martha who's legitimately doing what must be done. Yeah. Okay? Work must happen yeah. for ministry to move. Then you've got Mary who's um, not doing the logistical work or the administrative work, if you want, who's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And what I tell people is, um, guys, before we talk about serving God, right, <laughs> fall in love with God first. Why is this important? Why is this important? So, for instance, um, you love the work more than you love God. Things are going to happen where you could quite easily be very discouraged. Because in the process of working this conflict, yeah. there is burnout. Mm-hmm. There is all sorts of things that happen. When your heart is not set on God, 
a little thing that can happen can be a trigger that can pull you off. Yeah. Same thing with um, being so caught up with the man of God more than you're caught up in God himself. Um, there, there has to be a balance there. Because um, when you're caught up in servants of God more than God, what normally happens is it results in blind followers. Mm. Blind followers can be deceived. They can be lied to. They can even be abused. Yeah. Simply because, yeah, they, they're obviously so caught up in people more than they're caught up in God. So how do you stay away from that? Go back to the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So a person must be so caught up in God. A person must be so caught up in God. What am I talking about? At a, at a personal level, I must have my moments with God. At a personal level, his word must be my best friend or my best entertainment. And then obviously at a personal level, we must serve in his house. That, that's obviously a secondary. So yeah. as, as that is happening, as, as your passion for God is, is coming out, by nature, you learn to balance. In fact, if you go to the book of um, Ecclesiastes, uh, King Solomon says something very interesting there. He was talking about extremes, mm-hmm. right? He says that, um, do not be too righteous, Right? In fact, it starts by saying, don't be too wicked. Mm-hmm. Right? Why die before your time? I can open the verse if you want. Um, right? He says, why die before your time? Right? If you're too wicked. If someone is listening to me, there's a level of wickedness that can make you die so there's an before you. <laughs> no. <laughs> I say there is a what? A level. There's a level of drinking. Yeah, I think you get my gist yeah. <laughs> Right. Listen to Ecclesiastes 7 verse 16. It says, don't be over, over-righteous, neither over-wise. Why destroy yourselves? Don't be over-wicked. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and do not be a fool. Why die before your time? So it's just given to extremes. Yeah. Right? It is good to grasp one and not let go of the other. Verse 18. Listen to the second part of verse 18. The man who fears God will avoid all, ex- all extremes. The man who fears God will avoid all extremes. What is the fear of God? I think I've said it before in this place. Yeah. The fear of God is three R's, right? The first one is recognition, mm-hmm. recognizing God. The same way when the headmaster, when you know the headmaster is around the corner, mm. you know you behaved a certain way. Mm. So when you, whenever you just recognize that God is watching, yeah. You know, God, the channel I'm watching and the, the, the content I'm about to see and where I'm about to go, that, that's the fear of God. The fear of God will make you avoid. So recognition, that's number one. Recognizing God. Number two, reverence. Reverence. Oh, I love reverence. You know, doing things with worship in mind. He's saying, yeah. King Solomon is saying, the fear of God will make you avoid all extremes. Yeah. So when worship and reverence is driving you, Huh? You see, you, you begin, when you begin to watch sports worshipfully, talking whatever, doing whatever you do worshipfully, you discover that there are certain things that you can't uh, worship God doing. Yeah. Watching people having sex live whilst worshiping God. You see that, that, that math can balance, for example. Mm-hmm. So whenever reverence is driving you, whenever reverence or worship is driving you, you know, you avoid both, both extremes. Yeah. The third R there is a respect. In other words, when I say respect, I'm just talking about uh, decisions we make 
considering what God thinks about a decision before you actually make it. Yeah. That's the fear of God. So if everybody, so so the fear of God makes a person avoid extremes. Before I do this, okay, God, what's your what's what's your opinion? That's the fear of God that uh, that Solomon says will keep you from um from both extremes. Yeah. Wow. I hope I'm answering the questions no, very not. well. No, you're, you're, you're hitting it. You're, you're really hitting it. And <clears throat> um, I, I think you, you've actually touched, you, you've touched on a lot of the questions that I had. Mm. And um, b- because what, what I love about what you're saying is that it's very, it's very practical. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, we make a lot of excuses, mm-hmm. and I think one of the one of the things you do for something you love is that you make excuses for it. Mm. You know what I mean? You just always find a way to mm. accommodate it. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe another another important way to look at whether something is out of balance is the kinds of excuses that you yeah. you, you start to make for it. Where mm. you you know what the word says, you know your own conscience is like, mm, mm. right? But you, so looking at your own excuses is all mm. is also another um another, another important indicator. Mm. Uh then I think another question that I just want to ask is that we have so how, how can I put this? We we have our community of people, mm-hmm. right? Where we either you know watch football together or mm-hmm. we we sort of congregate around some some sort of a common mm-hmm. thing that we have. Mm-hmm. One of the issues that could be there, you know, is, hey, you know what? It's my Christian friends, mm-hmm. right? We do this together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are my boys from church or these are my girls from church. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you sort of feel like if my other Christian peeps are in this together with me, then I, I guess, you know, I, okay. guess, I guess it's all right, mm-hmm. you know. So maybe you can speak to that as well. You know, where we've kind of made those sort of excuses where it's like, hey, it's my friends, so... You're so right. I like how you started by saying, you know, the community we're in. Before we even talk about us as Christians, the world we're living in is generally a world full of many gods. Right. All right. So the culture (laughs) in this world or the way of doing things is very full of many idols. There are people who worship the gym. Yeah. There are people for whom the gym is an idol. <laughs> yeah. There are people for whom goals. I wanted to, uh, there's a message I, I preach co- called a God called goals. Wow. You know, mm. goals. That should be a New Year's uh, Goals. <laughs> there are some people for whom the hustle, right? So I'm just trying to start off from where you started to say, we must understand, the Christian must Actually, understand. We need to even touch on that. Eh? The one about the hustle. Uh, do, do you know why? Uh, because especially in Zim right now, uh, or maybe at the stage that we're at in life, uh-huh. it's like if you're hustling, yeah, you're doing you're doing the right thing. Yeah, right? you you've mm. got to be hustling. You've got to be pushing something. You've uh, got to be trying to get somewhere. get something. And so everyone is, is on no, the no grind. Look at you, like dude, mm. you're you're, why you're you pushing. pushing you're, why are you why pushing, pushing too hard? Too hard? Yeah. Because it's almost expected. Mm. And the funny part is, uh, engines. When anything mechanical even has limits. You know that, right? Yeah. A car has a limit. You can't take it above a certain threshold. If you do that, you destroy it. Right? The human body has limits. Just the body. If you overwork, if you don't get enough sleep, that's why sleep deprivation is a torture method. 
It's actually classified as a torture method, just making people not sleep. Mm. <laughs> right? But people boast mm. now. But yeah, brown sleep. You see? Don't sleep. So, sleep so I'm, just, I'm just trying to say, firstly, okay, uh, let's, firstly, I'm, I'm coming there. Yeah. We must, find, we must also appreciate that things have limits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When limits are broken, then you realize why everything breaks. Right? From body to institutions to relationships and so forth. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Let's come back to the hustle. And it's not common to Zimbabwe, despite our, our issues. It's common everywhere. Yeah. Right? Remember, I said the world is full of idols. Mm-hmm. Or the culture of the world is we're always lifting everything else up in terms of the world. Mm-hmm. So we're getting into this, into this river and we're trying to basically swim against that current. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what the believer must know. When you look at our money, think of, think of the words of Jesus first. Right? Or if you want, you can go back to job. Right? Naked I came. Naked I'll depart. You know, when a person remembers that, that, you know, no matter how much of it you make, no matter what success you, uh, you get, no matter how many, de- you might have more degrees than a thermometer and more diplomas than a diplomat, but all of them are going to be rubbish the day you walk out of this place. Mm-hmm. You stop worrying about temporary goals and you begin to focus on eternal goals. What has the devil done? He has basically shifted us from the true hustle or the true goals, Mm. that which is eternal, and has now made us uh, start focusing on the limited goals, like when we talk about money. Mm -hmm. It's just like a soccer player who boasts in, in, in dribbling but can't score. A team that plays well but can't win. You know, yeah. they just get us excited, but Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive us, son. <laughs> so now, let, let's talk about money. Yeah. Um, and our need to make money. Yeah. The funny part is, we need money, but we mustn't love money. Yeah. You know, yeah. we need we need sleep. We mustn't love sleep. Neither must we not sleep. So when it comes to money, this is what the Bible says in First Timothy chapter six. First Timothy chapter 6 says, um, that those who want to get rich fall into many temptations. Mm-hmm. Those who are first, you know, unfortunately, the world, and some of you who are listening to me, I know you incorrectly quote this verse. You say money is the root of all evil. No, money is not the root of all evil. The person who wrote that actually says, the love of money is the root of all evil. And before he writes, the love of money is the root of all evil, the verse before, he says, those that want to get rich fall into many kinds of temptations. So before the hustle, before goals, before the house, and uh, the Lambo, and the yacht, and the timeshares, just know that uh, those that want to get these things, they fall into many many kinds of temptation because the love of money the desperation of money right is the root of all kinds of evil all kinds all kinds all kinds it's as if to say all sorts of evils if you really trace them down they come down somehow to the love of money right so you're seeing idolatry all all in the idolatry has got everything to do with love. So, so, so there are these goals that people are always uh, rushing after. Mm-hmm. And you know, one thing a person who's listening must also be always 
be able to do is to be able to to step back or to walk away so for instance sometimes for good measure it's just good to say you know what i want to do a week without such and such a thing yeah i just want to do a week okay how about if i do a month and you know the amazing part you think you're missing out on so much and then you actually discover this peace. I know that the person who's always on Twitter knows what I'm talking about. Ever notice when you take a week away from social media, that by the time you get back, you, there's a refreshing that's there yeah. that you actually never noticed when you were, you were spending all your time there. Mm-hmm. So you'll be shocked what happens when, 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 you, when you stay away, when you, when, you, when, you, when you shut down the TV and say, Mm-mm, I am watching TV. I can give a personal testimony here. And I say this to my shame. So a day comes a few months ago where we don't have money to pay for our satellite uh, TV. Mm-hmm. So by default, all we have is a TV. And if you know Zimbabwe, <laughs> sometimes it's just better not to watch TV. <laughs> now, it's amazing the things that you do when the TV is off. It's amazing the amount of time you spend in the world. Mm-hmm. It's amazing the amount of time you spend talking to each other at home. It's amazing the amount of time you spend, you know, being or being very productive, you know, doing those kinds of things. And, 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 and do you know what? Sometimes uh, the things that, 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 that um, are losing out of our idolatrous ways, because I'm trying to say a person must come to a place where sometimes they must be able to step away. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> sometimes the things that, that are losing out, I've already alluded to one of them, our health. Yeah. Our health, watching so much TV, my body is not rested, my blood pressure is high mm-hmm. continuously, and I'm always taking unhealthy foods. My health is, is messed up. Sometimes there are certain habits that kill relationships like a marriage, mm-hmm. like a family, or even your relationship with God. So the ability to step back is something a believer has to come, grasp, and walk. Can I step back? Yeah. Can I can I can I put my phone on flight mode? There are some people who can't pray uh, without the phone off. They can't. They just can't. In fact, you almost think God t- talks through WhatsApp, <laughs> you know. Yet um, that 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 in itself is is blocking a lot of things. So I would encourage someone listening to say, "Hey, learn to step back." Let me tr- show you something about money. A man once said to me, mm-hmm. "Because money can be a god, right?" And sometimes we don't know how much we worship money. He's, he said a statement I, I have never, ever forgotten. He says, either you own money or money owns you. And so we looked back and said, what are you talking about? He says, if ever you find out that there's any amount of money you can never give away, you don't own that money. That money actually owns you. So I'll, I'll just take out money there. And I'll say, if there's something in this world... That you can never give away. Guess what? You don't own it. That thing owns you. Okay, I'm going home. I'm I feel going like home. we can end it right there. <laughs> Yo. That's a lot. taken. <laughs> and I think all of our listeners are like, all right, all right, all right, Tabo. Mic we'll, drop right we, there. We need to now go and introspect. No, wow. this has been good. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. Okay, so thank you. PC, you've given us a lot to think about. Mm. And you know what's funny is that when I read the Ten Commandments, 
I yes, I read the first one, but I always thought it's first because it's the easiest. Like, duh, you're supposed to love God, and then everything else follows. But now I think it's first because it's probably like, hey man, if you don't read everything else, at least this one thing you need to get it. <laughs> love God before mm. everything else, above everything else, mm. and yeah, sure enough, everything else will and should fall into place because it's the one. It's also the one thing that's so easy to fall into a trap. Yeah. Around, like you've said, there's so many evils, so many things that can take our attention away from him that he did have to say it first and foremost, love me. Mm. Above everything. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So good. So yeah, thank you so much for that reminder. I think we all needed that. Crucial reminder. Yeah. And uh in conclusion, I think I'll also say, especially the one about the hustle, you know, we we, we get we we're now at a place where we worship the hustle. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's almost it's it has become like a god on its own. Mm. Where you've got to be hustling, you've got to be putting in the hours, and I think that's something we all need to check. Especially the entrepreneurs out there, you know, those of us that are pushing the goals. Mm. We need we need to check: Are we still making? Ha- have we made the temporary goal the ultimate goal? Are we forgetting mm. what the mm. ultimate goal? the goal so I, that that one got to me mm. and i know there are many out there who can who Amen. can attest to this so thank you so much pc it's been real good to be here that thank you awesome first episode yeah Woo. so thank you for listening to radiant culture if you do have any questions email us comment on our facebook page maybe in this season instagram will also be thriving we'll see <laughs> so, mm. <laughs> stay in touch with us i am t-mac and i'm cookie monster peace peace Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.